Shall we commence? We shall. Let's commence. Attack commences in 60 seconds. Welcome to the Game on Australia podcast, episode 142. Look at you, Pete. No, beautiful. Look at you. You You cock, you're dead. Get out of it. (laughs) Hey, uh, special guest on the podcast, a absolute genuine gentleman of the Australian games industry. His name is Joel Vandal, formerly of Trade Media, now of In Games. We'll talk about In Games, what they're getting up to, and in depth... The industry coming together to drive classification reform, which is something that we've touched on in this podcast. Yeah, we have, yeah. In the last couple of weeks. Uh, the top three things gamers need to hear on the way as well. CD Projekt Red confirming multiplayer for Cyberpunk 2077. Overwatch 2 is coming. <laughs> and Nick Kyrgios imploding <laughs> and blaming it on Call of Whatever. Duty. Whatever! You bloody banana. The big question on the way. Plus, we'll have another one up our sleeves as well. And we haven't done What Are We Playing for a while. No, we haven't. Let's do What Are We Playing, All shall right, we? let's do that. Because I want to talk Gears 5. Yes. Game on! Game on! Game on! It's game and time! Excellent! Game on! Game on! It's game and time! Excellent! <laughs> Boom! How bloody beautiful. Game on! How wonderful it is. Game on. My name is Pete. My name is Dan the Internet. And for the next hour, we're going to bang on about games because we bloody love gaming, Dan. And Peter, pop quiz. What else do we bloody love? Oh, hang on a sec. Wait a minute. If mm. this is a quiz, you know what we have to pull out. Oh, we don't. <laughs> yes. Hmm. What else do we bloody love, Pete? How many points do I get for this? A thousand. A thousand? A thousand points. A thousand. Hmm. Time's running out. What else? Pete Crowley, what else do we bloody love? Is it bloody gaming, Dan? Correct! (laughs) (laughs) So good to have you guys along following us on Twitch. Thank you so much. It's half price subs, by the way, and we got some great giveaways. So send them your way. Great to have you on the podcast across the Triple M Network, Qantas International Domestic, and Jetstar Domestic as well, as well as our mates over at andrewhogue.com and at podcastone.com.au. Now, the top three things gamers need to hear this week, plenty to get through, and we will get to it momentarily, but it is our pleasure to introduce a special Mm. guest right off the bat. Uh, tonight, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, Joel Vandal from InGames. G'day, mate. G'day, guys. How are we? Really yeah, good. good. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, formerly of Trade Media and now over to InGames. Before we get stuck into InGames, what you guys are doing over there, what it stands for, and of course the chat that we want to talk about with regards to driving classification reform in Australia around uh, video games and the like, uh, tell us about yourself, mate. How long have you been in the, in the games industry for? Uh, probably coming on about a decade on or off. Um, definitely the last eight years full time, and then and then a little bit before that. Way way back when, I actually used to do a event called Game On, which was uh, the, get out. Yeah, the very first game show before AB Expo, uh, before PAX. Uh, we actually had the debut of the Nintendo Wii for the first time in public. So that's how far we're going back. Wow! Damn, I thought we were original. So did <laughs> we I. Damn it! <laughs> um, how did you get your start? How did you end up getting stuck into the level of gaming that you did 10 years ago? 
Yeah, a, a series of unfortunate events is probably the best description. <laughs> but um, no, um, I've been in publishing and events for about almost 20 years. I'm aging myself here, but um, slowly transitioned from uh, modified cars. Uh, I used to work for Auto Salon, Hot Fours magazine, all those sorts of classic uh, literature texts. Mm. And then uh, moved into gaming with Hyper and PC Powerplay about nine years ago now, actually. So yeah, cool. yeah and then the rest they say is history. Wow, mm. you're taking me back. Um, I had both a Hyper and a PC Powerplay <laughs> subscription. Yeah, of course. Back in the day, and just absolutely loved those, and that stemmed from a love of Nintendo magazine back in the nineties. Me and my mate used to sit at the back of the Oval and read them when we were in like year one, year two, that yeah. sort of stuff. So, I mean, the the magazine thing. I mean, I still go to the news agency, and occasionally I'll buy one. Are they effectively on the way out, or do you think there's room for them still? Uh, look, it's a complex thing. I think there's certain magazines that are going to last a lot longer than others. I think, you know, if you're a, a woman's day or something like that where you're requiring mass sales of whatever, you know, they used to hit a million or whatever, that those sorts of magazines probably aren't going to make financial sense sooner than specialist print. So, you know, your hypers and your power plays, you can you can modify those, you know, you can change the frequency. Like I think hypers now are quarterly and they're all special issues and, um, you know, they've got a much better uh, sort of, you know, subscription rate. So I think they will last, you know, they'll be around for a little bit longer. Um, and then, you know, who knows what, what will happen with them after that. I think, you know, you could almost get it down to an annual magazine if you wanted to. Um, I mean, obviously, Game Informer Australia is just gone, unfortunately, in the last six months or so, I think. Yeah, um, you know, but yeah. I think some of the other magazines will still be around for a little bit longer. I think you think you're right. If you got if it's specialist, then it's good writing. I don't, I don't mm. think it matters what um, media you consume that. You know what I do like? What's that? I, lo- I do like the ones, as you mentioned, you know, maybe on a yearly or something like that. I, I like the ones that come out every six months that are like a, um, like a big, thick Bible of retro games from the 90s or yeah, you know yeah, that exactly, sort of like real exactly. specialist stuff people who know their shit um mate we know we're on a bit of a time with you just really briefly yep. give us a, a synopsis of what in games is and what you guys are setting out to achieve with it so basically in games is a similar continuation of the work we were doing with mcv and those sorts of brands but um we, we sort of found that the industry uh, internally was becoming a little bit fragmented and we were kind of i think you know, accepting of that with having the four brands. And, and one of the things we wanted to do was was bring everything under a single brand, you know, being in games and the kind of the crude play on words with it is if you work in games, that's the, or you want to work in games, that this is the, you know, the site where you're going to get all the information. And yeah. we're working under the idea of one industry, one voice. So, you know, we're speaking for, for publishing, for retail, for distribution, for, for development, for esports, content creators. You know, basically, if you work in or around games, we want to be your voice to uh, Australia and the world. Yeah, fantastic. And you're right. doing a wonderful job of it. Um, now, this story in particular, the second I saw it pop up in my feed, I, I got onto you and uh, you were very gracious to give us your time on this. So thank you so much. And you guys released a story uh the narrative along the lines of the industry needing to come together to drive classification reform. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Dan and I spoke about the fact that DayZ was under a bit of pressure. It was looking like it was going to get a complete and total ban. This off the back of yep. um, uh, in-game, what was it, being able to smoke marijuana, that's yep. right, was as a health, uh, um, as a, as a health option health within course, the game. Yeah. They've decided we can't yep. lose the Australian market. We can't have this. We're going to pull that. We're going to rejig it. And it's fine. Um Take us through this, mate. How how do we do it? How do we come together as an industry to drive classification reform? 
So, I mean, look, the, the reason that drove uh, this article was off the back of some feedback that I got that, you know, when these things happen, and I think we had almost five, you know, sort of bans or ref- refusal of classification in the last uh, month or so, in the last sort of four or five weeks. And um, whenever that happens, obviously gamers uh, in their fury will go and just, you know, email you know, things that I wouldn't be able to repeat on this podcast to the classification board and then obviously all the different governmental departments such as the Attorney General's department, just, you know, giving them what for about what they've done. Now, mm. obviously that that process is, is actually counterproductive for classification reform because, you know, there's the, the age-old stereotype that gamers are just kids, you know, yeah. and, and everything like that. And, you know, if we're sort of saying, no, you know, we're adults, you, you look at the Digital Australia report, that IGEA put out recently. Uh, the average age of a gamer in Australia is 34. Um, you know, the fastest growing segment is like women over 60, I think is the, the current you know, measure. Um, so everyone's playing games and it's, you know, the things that we've got. So for example, the IARC tool, um, which has been copying a bit of flack, that actually processes about half a million games a year for classification in Australia. And it's an extremely valuable tool. Yeah. Now, the the process of being an IARC in this company, uh, countries like South Korea, there's, there's a bunch of countries around the world that are a part of this system um, where, you know, the government has chosen to opt into this system. So at any time they can choose to opt out, which is, which is a very bad thing. Um, so what, what we wanted to try and do was, was sort of say, no, look, we need to put our best foot forward here. We haven't had classification reform since the R18 came out in 2012, 2013. I mentioned in my article much of the work on that was started in 2010. So mm-hmm. you're now sort of talking about um, guidelines that were based off of community standards almost a decade ago. Yeah. Um, and so what what we want to kind of do is bring gamers together, uh, get everybody uh, giving us their feedback as to what they want to see changed in the classification. So the, the in June this year, the Council of Attorney Generals, which is the um, group that oversees classification reform uh, put in a um, a communique that they're going to be opening up a, an insight into classification and, and a bit of a review of how things work. So they'll be looking first and foremost at the guidelines for both film and games. Um, but then additionally, they will actually be looking at the rating system as well if they need to at a later date. So we can actually sort of give them feedback when they do open up. Um, sometime in the next four to eight weeks, we'll have a, a period of public submissions. Uh, so we will be able to feed in now. Obviously, groups like IGEA will be will be submitting their own um, feedback as to what they'd like to see. But what we want to do is is basically get all the games to give us their feedback. We'll compile it all, we'll put it together in a slick presentation, send it off to the government, so that that way, you know, mature Australian gamers can actually have a say as to what they want to see classification look like around their you know around games. How do we as a group of consumers, as the community who, who invests so much into video games here in Australia, actually help to drive that narrative though? How do we come together and do it? Well, so, so I've created a, a, Google, a Google form, um, which I, you know, I think it's in the article, links in, in there, but it's, um, and, and essentially we've just got a very simple thing. It's, you know, name, state, and, uh, you know, what, what sort of changes you want to think, uh, say. But, I mean, the biggest thing is talking about it. It's, it's, it's getting out there and actually letting your your friends and your community members know that this is something that's going to be happening. I mean, again, we haven't seen classification reform in, in eight years. It's too long. Yeah, the, it is. You know, the community standards now, and I talk about, you know, the fact that, you know, the film Crank, which basically, you know, was, was drug use to stay alive, which is, you know, the health regenerative item of cannabis was in, in DayZ. Yeah. That was in 2007 and was given an MA. Um, yeah. And so... 
you know, the, the, the thing I was talking about with someone the other day actually was, um, luckily with the guidelines, there's never been any sort of, um, stipulation around, uh, male on male, female on female, male on female interactions in games. Um, but had there been, you know, back in 2008, when, when the community standards were different than they are today, we could have found ourselves in a position where you have same sex marriage legalized in Australia, but in computer games, you wouldn't be able to have that, you know, that, yeah. that's a, a really rare thing. And, um, I think they need to be looking at this stuff a lot sooner, obviously, than eight years. They're sort of talking about maybe five years, but this is a very fluid thing and it changes daily. I mean, you've got in Melbourne, um, the use of medicinal marijuana is now legal in extreme cases. So you've got a rating system that says you can't use cannabis as a health regenerative item. But if you're in Melbourne and you're really sick, well, you, you can speak to a doctor about that. Yeah. What about things like <clears throat> PUBG, for example, which essentially was... Um, you know, at one stage, uh, Red Bull was how you regenerated yep. health. You know, and those yet those games don't receive something like an R18 plus classification. Things like Grand Theft Auto V um, never went through the potential for being banned, even though it now and it does have an R18 plus um, restricted classification. It was the first one out of all the Grand Theft Auto games to actually get something like that. But even to the point now where you can, I mean, it's a it's a way around it, but realistically, you are using your own money to purchase credits in the game to then go to a casino to actually gamble. Like, stuff like that. What are your thoughts on those? Um, look, I mean, that's a really complicated discussion that I could probably spend about three hours talking on. Um, I think there is a conversation that needs to be had around things like loot boxes and, and in-game currency and, and, you know, if you're using real money versus... Um, you know, sorry, if the transactions in real monetary value comparative to, you know, a lot of the games use their own sort of in-game currency, which does change the, the value, yeah. um, you know, the perceived value um, of, of what you've spent. Um, but again, if these things, you know, at a minimum, if they're appearing in R18 games, um, then it shouldn't be an issue because obviously that's somebody making an adult decision around how they want to spend their money. Um, you know, I've, I've had friends of mine say funny things where it's like, uh, you know, they'll, they'll play something like Hearthstone, right? And they'll, they're ha they'll happily spend 20 bucks a month on buying packs and things like that because for them, that's their game that they love playing and they want to, you know, give back and support the studio behind it. So, you know, um, but again, anything in an R18, uh, it, it shouldn't really make a difference. Anything below that, then, then it definitely needs to be discussion. Joel, we've got a question from our uh, Twitch community watching at the moment. Skittles asks, do you think there is a chance this movement could lead to a better representation within the classification board itself with only one member under 40? Yeah, well, look, I don't think the board is the problem, to be honest. Um, you know, from the conversations I've had with them, they don't have anything against um, against video games. I think the the problem is they have to judge things to a set of guidelines, which is which is issued down. So in my article, I talk about the weird and wonderful system that we use. So mm. we've never had a constitutional reform around um, classification. So we have this weird, wonderful system where you have eight state and territory representatives and the Council of Attorney Generals have to come together and sort of universally agree on what changes they want to see made. And then you've got certain states, and I won't name names, but they're, you know, traditionally much more conservative around community standards than others. And so it, it makes it really hard when, you know, so this is, this is why I'm saying it's so important that we, we go at this maturely with, you know, some real, you know, gusto behind us and actually really drive 
hey, this is what real gamers think. This is the changes we want to make. I mean, I've got my own personal um, preference. I would like to see the system redone. I want to see an R13, you know, which would replace PG. You'd have an R16 and an R18, which is pretty much similar to what New Zealand does and a a number of, uh, I think, Peggy as well is similar to that, a number of systems around the world. And that would actually change a lot of the weird and wonderful classifications we've seen lately. Um, someone was actually tweeting me the day the other day about some, you know, some game that was essentially a kids' game, but was getting an MA rating um, just because it had, you know, sort of one weird thing that just didn't quite agree with how the restrictions were for that rating, you know, within the guidelines. So I, I think the classification board doesn't necessarily have anything against games. It's just that they're working with a very outdated tool set to to be able to you know, um, rate these games. Yeah, yeah. John, what are the updates in an R13 and an R16? Because admittedly, this is the first I've ever heard of an R13 or an R16. So how are they different to your MA15 pluses, your M's, so on and so forth? Yeah, well, I think, look, I've always personally had an issue with M and MA15 plus. I think it's it's just a, a, a weird sort of middle ground that it can be confusing for parents. Um, and... Again, there's, there's, it's, I mean, I, I going back, you know, you sort of mentioned the 90s, but I remember I was able to go see Double Dragon at the movies because it was PG, but my mum wouldn't let me go and see, uh, see the Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat at the movies because it was an M, and I was yeah. only 14 at the time. Yeah, um, now, I would dare say a 14-year-old has much greater exposure to, you know, adult themes and other things like that with the internet these days than I had when I was growing up. So yeah. I, would, I would assume a 14-year-old is actually a lot more mature than I was. So... What what ends up happening, you know, is from 13 up, you use guidelines that are on a restricted system, meaning that you're stopping people under that age in engaging with the content. Um, everything below 13 would be, you know, G and PG, which is more just an advisory for parents, um, which would be just dealing with things like, you know, if, if, a, if a game's scarier for like a six-year-old, then you know, he probably shouldn't be playing that sort of thing. You, you need to be a little more mature. Um, but anything over 13, you start restricting it, and then it actually starts making it cleaner and simpler for parents to understand that, okay, my child's, you know, 13, 14, 15, definitely are 13. 15, you can probably have a discussion around whether or not you want to give your kid access to something that's a 16+. plus. Um, you know, obviously, age of 16 is the age of consent in Australia, so you start allowing children to make um, mature decisions about their life. And then obviously 18 is you're an adult and you can do whatever it is that you choose to do. I think that's key too, making it simpler for parents. I think most parents actually genuinely care about what their kids are playing, but get a bit bamboozled, particularly with gaming. Oh, you know, whereas this, mm. will, this will clarify that a bit, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. Joel, um, we appreciate your time. We know you've got to get out of here because you've got a uh, big soccer match tonight. Oh. Indoor soccer. Yeah. Yes. So uh, indoor, indoor football. Yep. Get on Beautiful. and get stuck in, mate. But incredibly knowledgeable about this subject and so many other subjects on uh, ANZ video games and games in general. Thanks again for your time. Um, Joel Vandal from In Games. If people want to, and we've covered this, but just a reminder, if they want to get stuck in and get behind this, where can they go and what can they do for you? So if you go on ingames.com.au, there's a, it's literally in the, in the top box at the moment, um, a big R18 logo, you'll see it. Click on that. That's the full article. That will give you a really good in-depth understanding of what I've kind of babbled through in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, but at the very bottom of that, there's a link to a Google form and fill that out. Share that link with your friends to the Google form. Um, you know, share it on your Facebook Twitter, Snapchat, whatever, Instagram, uh, get everyone involved, get the community involved because we want to give gamers a voice to government 
uh, and we want to, you know, we want the government to understand what community standards are and what, you know, what reform does need to happen. Unreal. Mate, all the best for your match tonight. Go get the W. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Um, we'll catch up with you again soon. Sounds great. And uh, please feel free to keep that amazing photo of me up for the rest of the show. Ah, you well, want. you know what? I'm not even joking. Right. Because Dan's camera's corked, it's happening. So <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> Thanks yeah. for your permission. <laughs> yeah, no. It's old, old Van Dyle lives on. All right, guys. Thanks so much. See, See you, mate. Bye. I'll, I'll chuck those links on our socials. I'm doing that right now. Yes, please. That'd be wonderful. By the way, um, Joel did also mention uh, a couple of great gaming movies there, Street Fighter in particular. And Street Fighter has one of my all-time favorite quotes. It's cheesy AF, but it's one of my all-time favorites. And it's uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And he's patched through to, and I forget his name, but he also played Gomez Adams in the Adams Family movies in the the movies, but he played General Bison. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And General Bison, he's got Joel uh, um, uh, Van Damme is up on the big screen and he comes in and he goes, General Bison, this is the repo man. Your (laughs) ass is overdue. That's great. Oh, just Actually, that'd be a good big question for another episode. <clears throat> Best gaming quotes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, f- far out. I mean, where do you even start? There's so many of them. That's right. Um, link, link from Legend of Zelda, for example. Ha! 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 Actually, have we done that one? We would have done that I think one. we have. Yeah, 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 I think we have. Uh, just rolling through the chat at the moment on twitch.tv slash game on Oz. DJ Knight AU says, I would disagree with Dan. I don't think a majority of parents know what they are buying their kids. I've seen people buying GTA 5 for a 10-year-old. I know the age because he was in the same class as my son. No, that's what I'm saying. I think people genuinely care, but don't do the research. Yeah. They get a bit confused. And I'm with you. And you know what? I also think that a letter on the front cover of a video game is not enough of a deterrent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't stand out. And, it's... and, and mark my words, having being a parent for a while now, it's actually detrimental if you don't do the research because you can really scare the shit out of kids by make, letting them watch a movie that they shouldn't have watched. Yeah, absolutely. I've, 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 you know, I've had kids scared by a scene in um, bloody, what was that movie? A, a, it was a, a Pixar film, you know. It was just the scary bit that scared the shit out of them. You know. Well, when you now that you're talking about it, like every single Disney film we watched as kids, yeah, literally the beginning is their parents die. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's like that's yeah. that. You know what I mean? It's correct. Yeah, they always start in some sort of tragedy. Yeah, there's always that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, his point too. Joel's point about what you did as kids, as to now with you know in terms of what kids have access to in terms of the internet and stuff like that, like. There's, it's, it's, it's really dependent on your maturity level. It's really dependent on your upbringing, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I think a, even if we get out of this, this cleanup of the classification for parents, I think that's a really good thing. I agree. Uh, A couple of other things in the chat. Um, Simicat says, if the parents aren't a gamer or aware of the game they are buying, they may not know that it's not appropriate for their child. It's a very good point. And, and, and further to that, because <clears throat> I'm sure you've had this as well, but I quite often, I'm sure everyone listening and watching on Twitch gets this. I get all the time uh, uh, inquiries from friends of mine. Hey, could it, is this game appropriate for my kid? And I go, oh no, call, you know, call of Duty. Fight. I get it. I get it heaps. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I get two questions: What should I buy for my kid in terms of console, which we, we've talked about? Yeah. And is this a, a, is this appropriate for my kid? Uh, yes or no? Bam, bam. Yeah. Um, Tidget has says, "I subbed. Tell me I'm beautiful." 
You're beautiful, Tidget. You're, beautiful. You're, beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true, Tidget. <laughs> there must be a gamer with a smile on his face. Is that how the rest of the song goes? Yes, the line. Whatever. Uh, good on you, Tidge. You get one of these. Wow. 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 <laughs> oh, hey, straight jacket, Tim. So good. Hey. So good. Um, so that is wonderful. Now, shall we move on to... Oh, by the way, we mentioned before, guys, it's half price sub month. Yes. Now, we've got headsets. The price is right. We've got Logitech G headsets, and we've got uh, we've got Astro... A40s up our sleeve as well. We want to give one away. We're after 50 subs. That's what we're chasing. Yep. We're going to pull it out of 50 subs yep. if we get there tonight. We're at 30. It's about as so high as we are. If you are a been. sub, you're already in the draw, aren't you? If you're a sub already, you're in the draw. Yep. All right. Send us the money. <laughs> 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 Mate, we cracked um, 88,000 views last week. Oh, fantastic. When this baby hits 88,000 views per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. <laughs> And 710 <laughs> followers, which is really nice. Great. Um, let's move on to the top three things that gamers need to hear this week. <laughs> Number one, straight off the bat, CD Projekt Red has officially confirmed that there will be multiplayer in Cyberpunk 2077. Holy shit, this game looks good. Doesn't it just? Oh my God. I've got Anthem-like expectations for this game. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully they don't have Anthem-like executions for this game. Gee whiz. Oh, hang on a sec. DJ Night, are you bloody getting stuck into it, you little boy? Get stuck in! Wow. Wow. He's uh, gifted one tier one sub to oh. our community. Oh. So Straight Jacket Tim copped himself a sub. Get that fair up here. <laughs> Enjoy that, Straight Jacket Tim. Uh, he's gifted a total of three in the channel. So well done. Good awesome, sir. man. Thank you. You're wonderful. So yeah, CD Projekt Red. Now, this is a wonderful looking game. Mm. Um, I think the thing that we can be excited about with regards to it promises so much is it going to deliver is that all of the places that this game has appeared at throughout the course of the year with demos, yep. the hardest nuts in the industry to crack have come away going, oh, you guys are going to like this. Yeah, yeah. You guys are going to yes. like what CD Projekt Red has yeah. for you, you know? Keanu Reeves? I mean, breathtaking. Breath, your breath, your breathtaking. Your breathtaking. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be an awesome um, position to be in in life? A, 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 essentially, a, um, a an influencer in gaming, like getting that first look and then saying to people, "Oh yeah, it's good." It's Absolutely, really good. that'd be pretty epic. Well, sp I mean, speaking of a first look, well, oh yeah. yes, um, well, well, yes, your, your boy here's been playing oh, no. Gears Five. I didn't even know about this till tonight. You know who else has been playing Gears Five? Who's that? The historian. Oh, has he really? Yes, he is, and he's actually compiling a review. Fantastic. He's compiling a review. Because that's out in two days, isn't it? It really is. He's one of the greats. Oh, excuse well, me. So, all right, so very quickly, I know you're talking about later, mm. but oh, no, we'll save it for later. Save it for later. Do you want to save it for later? Yeah, save it for later. We'll do, a, yeah. we'll do a, what, he, what he's been playing. So a couple of caveats. Now, this from tweaktown.com. It's possible Cyberpunk 2077's multiplayer 
isn't attached to the base single-player project okay. and may be sold as a separate game entirely. Oh. It could even be a free-to-play spin-off. It's more likely that the mode will complement single-player and require the base game, similar to Grand Theft Auto V and yep. GTA yep. Online. Yep. It's not a new development. CD Projekt Red always had multiplayer in mind while making Cyberpunk 2077. Back in 2016, they filed for a grant from the Polish government and outlined its vision for Cyberpunk 2077. In the document, CDPR... That's uh, Project Red. Described a living, breathing city with real-time AI, flying cars, and seamless multiplayer. That excerpt in particular saying, complex technology for making unique multiplayer gameplay mechanics, including the ability to search for opponents, manage game sessions, replicate objects, and support for different game modes, along with a unique set of dedicated tools. Mm. This is very interesting. This gives us a bit of an insight into what they actually have to do when they start preparing details for a game. Yeah, that's right. To exactly. build one. Yeah. You know? I don't mind the fact that it's separate. It's a separate entity to the, um, the actual game. Well, if it's if it goes down the same line as um, Grand Theft Auto V and GTA Online, which, yes, they're in the same universe, in the same game, but you, can, you could literally buy Grand Theft Auto V, play GTA Online only, and never touch the campaign for Grand Theft Auto yeah. V and still be happy with the game. Uh, 100%. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. You might even get some more dates. Some more. D- oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. Oh god, there was a little bit of this, wasn't there? Hey, Jay Wiz. Why don't you come for a drive with me? That is still my favourite story you've ever told. So I'm- look, there are new people in the Twitch yeah. chat. So I'll tell it again. Uh, I was playing Grand Theft Auto. Was it five? Or wasn't five? It was five. It was, it? Five. It was oh, GTA was it Online. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was just sort of wandering around the city. And I was very cautious at this stage. A lot of trolls going around. And this guy just sort of started following me in his car. He's just following me around. I'm trying to run away from him. And then he'd drive past me and like get in front of me and stop. And then I'd run the other way. And he'd drive past me and go back the other way. And all that sort of stuff. I'm like, no, get away. And all that sort of stuff. And then he just pulls up. I was like, okay, you know what? Kill me. Just kill me. I know you're going to do it. <laughs> Whip out whatever it is you're going to and just do it. Yeah. And he unlocked his doors and basically was like, get in. <laughs> and we just drove around Grand Theft Auto 5 for a good half hour. And then uh, he dropped me off at my apartment <laughs> and just disappeared. And I never spoke to him again. That, you know, have you, have you ever been to LA? No. Oh, because you've essentially toured LA. Is it? What, yeah, GTA 5's LA. Yeah. On a mandate. I think that's beautiful. I, re- I really did. I really do I think that's beautiful. beautiful. Oh, God. Yeah, straight jacket t- Jim. He knew where my apartment was. Um, <laughs> which actually, now that you mention it, it's quite weird. Creepy, yeah. It's a bit weird. <laughs> I don't know if he took a stab in the dark or what. Uh, oh, that is one of the greatest It is one of the greats of all isn't time. It? it really is. So good. Uh, God, I love the gaming community. Now, um, <clears throat> so look look out for it. It is coming. Um, officially is, confirmed is in April tweets and everything. Year? Is that right? Is it April next year? I'll have to Google mm. I've I, I got to be careful because what, what we always do in this podcast is that we go and say something like that and the people who are much more knowledgeable listening and watching start yelling at the screen and yelling at the speakers. Yes! Yeah. But you're welcome to. Yeah, you're welcome it to. It is your want. Cyberpunk. Um, oh, we could have called Alex about there. Doesn't matter. Hey, um, the second bit, the, th- the second thing that gamers need to hear this week is that apparently Overwatch 2 is coming. 
Yes. Overwatch 2. Overwatch, it is April next year, by the way. Why do we? It is April next yes. year. You beauty. Uh, that's for uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. I, I thought about you when I saw this headline because of all the gaming people I know, you are the most Overwatch. You had a thing. Of all the people you know, yeah. yeah you had yeah. a And there are, there are others in our community that are more Cor- so than me. Correct. But I would play six hours a night for, I think the first 12 months, I reckon I banked six hours a night. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. And you were going through your uh, oldest was only born, wasn't she? Or just born? Yeah, or, just born. Or, you know? And so yeah, you were doing the hard, that's hard yards. That's yeah, know, yeah. lack of sleep and six hours a night gaming. That, mate. Thanks, man. Kudos to you. Thank you so much. Because that's, that's a tough grind. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate yes. that. Um, so this written by our good mate, Alex Walker from Kotaku. Yes. Business mag casually mentions Overwatch 2 is coming. Just casually. That's casual here. Yeah. Oh, by the way, guys. Overwatch 2 is coming. <laughs> a News Corp business journal overnight has decided to casually remind everyone that an Overwatch sequel is in the works too. The mention was included towards the end of a trader feature posted on Barron's, a financial traders publication owned by News Corp. The article, which did the rounds again today on the Reuters, that's right, uh, we said Reuters, uh-huh. Global Newswire, argued that the interest in World of Warcraft Classic was a strong indication that Activision Blizzard has turned the corner. On top of that, a 500-person survey from Piper Jaffray found that the upcoming Call of Duty was the number one title gamers were the most excited to play over the next 12 months, beating out Fortnite. This is the sort of stuff stockbrokers, hedge funds, and investors like to hear. It's why Activision kept getting asked about Battle Royale games, even though Call of Duty 4 had a decent Battle Royale mode of its own. Mm. Video games as an industry is still heavily reliant on the release of new games to fuel interest and growth, and when Activision announced Blizzard would be having a lean 2019, the company took a hit on the stock market. But the interest in WoW helps a lot. You know what will help more, though? A new Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2. But it looks as if the 2019 releases will do better than expected, building a bridge into a better cycle starting next year when new gaming consoles hit the market as well. Yeah, It's not the first we've heard of Overwatch 2. Jason reported earlier this year that Blizzard, I would assume that's Jason Screer, yep, yep. Uh, Blizzard has been working on a sequel to their hit hero shooter, which has been described by some Blizzard sources to Left for Dead with a heavy PvE element. The next Overwatch game might also be called something different, but whatever it is, the current expectation is that it, along with the future of Diablo, will be the tent pole announcements at BlizzCon, provided nothing changes at the last minute. And Kotaku will cover BlizzCon uh, later on in the year, yep. 2019. Yep. So we will, of course, keep you across it as well, uh, across that gameonoz.com. Do we need an Overwatch 2? Now, this is coming from, and I know Tidget is in the chat, at the moment, right? Mm. So, um, Tidget, if you're watching, I'd love your thoughts on this as well, mate, because they're Junkertown FM. Um, they're the Jamison Junkers. They're heavily into Overwatch. Yep, yep. Contenders, the whole thing. I'd like to know his thoughts as well. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're an Overwatch fan, your thoughts too, send them through our Facebook page, whatever. Um, I don't think we need an Overwatch 2 in the next 12 months. No. Well, I don't. Well, I this reminds me very much of something we've <laughs> talked about before about when Titanfall 2 was released. And I remember thinking the same thing. Like, Titanfall 1 was such a great game. Mm. Did we need a second? I reckon they could have just made more maps. The game was perfect pretty much in my opinion. I love that game. And then the only reason I stopped playing probably was just lack of like more variety of maps, right? But mm-hmm. then they released Titanfall 2, which... Didn't feel the same to me. Wasn't as um, uh, what was it? I don't know. It just wasn't the same. Just wasn't the same. It was like 
I reckon the balance is a bit out between Titan and Titanfall, the, the Titans, sorry, and the pilots. Um, so I, and I don't know, but I wouldn't say it killed that game's like momentum. Titanfall top, top 3, I don't know. But I reckon they pretty much had the game right the first time. They just had to release, and probably same with Overwatch, I'm guessing. I've played Overwatch, but I'm guessing the game itself is so great. So my the reason why I don't think we need... And Overwatch 2 mm. is because I feel like we've only scratched the service in terms oh, of story. One, yeah, that's right. Yeah. In the first one, right? So why yeah. not continue to build upon that story? Now, the other thing is for a for an, an, an you know almost like an FPS MOBA that Overwatch mm. is. Yeah. Um. There's really only and something that has entered the competitive esports space with such a bang as well. You've yeah. got contenders and then the World League and all that sort of stuff, right? I mean. Like, there's only so many extra characters that you can add to this universe to build out the roster to a point where it just, it almost gets confusing for a mass market watching that particular thing. Um, And I think they need that mass market as well to make sure that the esports side of this is viable. Now, well, that's true. And that's a good point too, the esports thing. um, Really good comment there by Straight Jacket uh, Jim, who, by the way, uh, also, bloody you legend. Oh, what did he do? Ah! Wow. Wow. Well, he paid it forward oh, um, to Hurdy. Oh, yeah, great. Yeah, so good on you guys. That's good really great to see. Bloody fantastic. It is, isn't it? Hurdy, you should pay it forward to somebody else, I reckon. <laughs> and then that person paid it forward to another person. Yes. And um, so on and so forth. And so on and so forth until we reach a million subscribers. <laughs> Uh, Straight Jacket Jim says Overwatch 2 could be good for consoles, especially with Microsoft and Sony gearing up for next gen. Probably not really needed for PC though, which is a fair point. Yeah, PCs point. high competitive or yep. sort of stuff. Yep. Consoles yep. a little bit different, but yep. um, yeah, I just I just really feel like we've only just scratched the surface. Maybe if they wanted to bring out a campaign mode and dive deeper into the story. Yeah, I mean then... the story's great. That's one thing about Overwatch. All those storylines are fantastic. Oh, bloody brilliant. And executed beautifully, like Mm. why they did all that. So, yeah, that's a good point. So, I don't know. Yet to be seen, but I guess we'll see sort of come. Unless, and the other thing that they might just be doing is they might literally just be dropping that in there for a little bit of um, boost our share. Well, that's... Better reach 40 minutes of recorded audio. Do you want to continue? Yes, I do want to continue. Yes, I do. Thank you. Gee, always the bloody recording. Oh, God. Computers, right? right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right, guys? Am I right? <laughs> Gee whiz. Hey, Ben Green's here. Ben Green. Uh, ben Green says, there's only one reason to release Overwatch 2, and that's because they promised Overwatch was a full game and there'd never be paid DLC. Uh... Oh, that deserves this. That's a very good pickup. Good one, Ben. Very interesting. So, yeah, well... Um... Yeah, we'll see, I guess. We'll see. Now, um, we're going to move on to the top three things the game has need to hear. Story number, number three. three. Number three. Number three. Hello, number three. Should have been number two because this guy is a bit of a number two. He is a number two, isn't he? <laughs> He's a bloody number two, this bloke. I don't know. I sort of like... I, I, I don't like him particularly, but I, I, he's very interesting. Brings a lot of interest to the game. And you know what? He's complex. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I not agree judge him. with you I'm there. not going to judge him based on, you know... We're talking about Nick Kyrgios, right? I'm not going to judge him based on on-court spats, even though a lot of the time you, you scratch your hair going, mate. But 
They were probably saying the same Mert. thing about John McEnroe all those years ago. Mind you, John McEnroe won a lot of championships. Oh, mate, hasn't won that many, I don't think, from my basic knowledge of tennis. He's won a few championships, but, but not, nothing major. Nothing major. No. He didn't want a major or anything like that. Everybody's just like, you've got so much talent, dude. Like, why don't you just yeah. pour it in there and yeah. just... I sort of like... He's, so, we'll get to the point of why we're talking about Nick, but he's, he's actually come out and said he doesn't train. So, mm. he's just... That's just... Well, it doesn't train much. So what does that tell you about how much talent he actually does That's have? right. If he was to put in the work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. he's... Now, a little while ago, um, he just appeared out of nowhere on Twitch with his own bloody channel. In yeah. fact, I'm going to have a quick... Uh, See if we can find it. TV slash, I think it's so clearly he's a gamer, right? Kyrgios? Yeah. I think it might be King Kyrgios. I don't know. Uh, I'll look King it up. King Kyrgios. That's not him. Um... Twitch.tv. Hang on. Hang on. I know how to spell his name because I type so many, I make some, write so many articles about him. Do you? Mm. And Oh, here we go. Rise in. So I wonder what he's up to now. He's accredited. He's got two and a half thousand followers, which actually surprises me. I thought, I thought he'd have a lot more. So but how many has he got? Two and a half thousand followers. Okay. His main game of choice is Call of Duty. Yeah. Black Ops. Yeah. And what? And so why are we talking about Nick Kyrgios and Call of Duty, Pete? What because happened? Nick. <laughs> Explain to our dear listeners oh, and watchers God. what happened. So Nick Kyrgios lost his US Open match against Russian Andrei Rublev. Yes. And he says the reason why he did, and he said this outwardly and openly. Yeah, <laughs> Audibly, you can hear it. To his coaching box. Call of Duty has fucked my eyesight. (laughs) He actively blamed Call of Duty for his loss at the US Open because he reckons he can't see the ball. Get a pair of glasses, you nugget. I could not believe it. And at the same time, yes, I absolutely could believe it. Um, A couple of comments in the Twitch at the moment. McEnroe was a villain. Talk trash, but could back it up. Kyrgios is a clown. Talks trash, but oh, no results very, to back it up. Very good. And that is a very good piece of disposition Summation. between the two players. Yes, that is. That's from DJ yeah. Knight. Well done, DJ Knight. Uh, heard he says, if you can't see the ball, maybe not the sport for you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good point too, yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, What have we got here? Heard he said, uh, Knight Shepherd. Not sure why we support a little snot with a bad attitude. Disgraceful. As, as you said... Um, I find him quite complex to watch. I'm the same as you. So there's a little bit of me that likes to see the train wreck. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's the John Daly in golf. Absolutely. Tennis, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. The, like about the drinking and the or maybe and the smoking yeah. and the and the weird the colourful pants. But the point that. is, he's, there's a lot of people who know about tennis because of Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. Same with golf and John Daly. Right? Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and I think I I I, I sometimes think these people. Even though I'd probably reckon he is a bit of a dickhead, mm. um, there's a lot of, um, there's probably marketing people behind him going, you know what, you, you know, even, I don't know, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, maybe the, the tennis association, whatever they're called, are actually quite happy to have him being a dickhead because he's spreading the word of tennis. That's a good point. You know, I don't yeah. know. I, I'm, I might be wrong. The point being, and is maybe- he spreading it, is he, but would you, would you allow him to continue spreading the word of tennis? in that light or would you kind of go 
he's spreading the word of tennis as a real jerk. Well, yeah, it depends on and that's shit for our that brand. whole phrase. You know, that whole adage of any PR is good PR, right? Mm. So, is it good PR? I don't know. Don't know. But and maybe this is you know why would he say Call of Duty other than he was just playing it? And it might have been an honest. You know, I think he was being dead set honest. Yeah, I think he was being really side. genuine about it. Yeah, right. Not that the fact that like, I think in somewhere in his head he he, as it came out, he believed what he was saying. You know what I mean? It's an interesting choice of a game, because uh, you know, um, I think elite athletes, you forget they have a lot of time between um, matches. Matches, right? Yeah. And if something like. Uh, Let's AFL, which is the sport here in WA and in, in Australia where we live. Um, you know, there's a week between matches. So there's, and they've got their training stuff. They probably kill a lot of time. By, and I'm guessing most of them game these mm. days, right? Mm. So I just find with, obviously with Nick and as an example, it's an interesting game to, he, I mean, he probably enjoys playing it, but I wonder if it's, it's a part of his strategy to make him a better player, you know, hand, eye, all that sort of stuff. I think I've told you before, I play a lot of indoor cricket and I've used super mega baseball too mm-hmm. <laughs> on yeah, the yeah, yeah. to get my eye hand because you have to actually swing and hit and yeah. the balls, you know, it's very similar to the cricket. Well, it's a simulator. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, it's, no, it's a game, but it's, it's, well, um, I know what you mean, but though, the actual like, pitch motion the in the game yeah. is similar to when you're out in the pitch facing the ball. And I would have thought Nick would, may have picked something that's a bit more aligned to what he's doing as his thing, but maybe this is just Nick, maybe, maybe Mario tennis. Oh, have you played Mario Tennis? I've heard it's good. Yeah, my, my daughter got it the other week. I've heard it's really it's good. It's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun on the on Nintendo 64, I think. It was a, yeah. a GameCube 64, I think. Yeah. It was a great game then. It's 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 obviously a bit of shit, uh, hit, hit and giggle. It's not um not for your tennis aficionado, mm. but it's fun. Uh, ben Green says he played Fortnite in the Australian Open Tournament as well. Oh, that's right. Yes, he did too. He lost. Yes. Adski, pearler of a comment. Yes. Ash Barty has done more for Australian tennis in the last yeah, year true. than Nick has done that's his very, whole career. That's very true. Wow. 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 That's the message you want for young yeah, kids. Young kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. Anyway, I, um, it's really, you know, my eyesight's still pretty good. I've been gaming for 40 years mm. or something like that. So no longer. No, about 40 years. Oh, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point being is that I think it's an interesting thing to blame. Your shit game on your on the eyesight from your <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you flog you flog. <laughs> um, just, how's your eyesight my my eyesight's shit but it's been shit for years has it okay yeah yeah but I like I pop contact lenses in I'm yeah, fine okay. um you mentioned uh, how games have helped you with cricket and stuff like that yeah. um yesterday this is off the back of a story about the guy in Chandicott here in Perth yes he'd only had one lesson he was flying a Cessna. Yeah. And if you haven't heard the story, listen to this. Amazing. They were up in the air and his instructor went into, whether it be cardiac arrest or had heart problems, whatever, he passed out yeah. while they were up in the air. In a two-seat plane, like this tiny Cessna, yeah. This bloke's name is Max. You might have even seen him on the project. I think he was on last night or the night before. And he didn't know how to use the radio, so he's called his missus on his mobile phone and said, I'm fucked. His missus is called Flight Control. And the tower has guided him back down into land. Now, off the back of this, the breakfast show I'm on, we decided to go out to a place called um, Flight Simulator, Simulator, Jet Flight Simulator Perth. Yep. And we went and had a crack at it. 
guess who was the best? I know you're the best. I bloody know it, mate. This Woo! guy. This guy. This Woo! guy. We have mentioned on a very early podcast, and I stand by this. Yep. If we were on a plane. I'll stand by this. And, and the hostess came running out and said, can anyone fly a plane? You and I put our hand up and go, well, I could give it a red hot crack. Absolutely. I've flown enough flight simulators in my time. Now, back when I, in my early days of gaming, flight simulators were all the rage. Yeah. On the PC and on the uh, Commodore 64, Amiga. 500. God, the next, the next flight simulator was there, gorgeous. There was a great a game, great game back in the late 80s called Project, uh, Project Stealth Fighter, mm. which was all around that Stealth Fighter. And I flew that thing for hours, right? <laughs> so I pretty much did the, you know, and that's the... Um, I wonder if this guy, yeah, did you talk to this guy or not? This Max? Lee? No, we didn't get it. No, no he, because he basically, I wonder yeah, whether he gamed. I don't know. I Maybe reckon, I reckon gamers, it's not just the joystick thing. I think it's also the understanding of, you know, um, what buttons do what, you know, I, I think you, you, an average gamer flies enough well, vehicles. I think, I think it's an understanding of, um, because there's such a one-to-one ratio that developers aim for these days. Yeah. I think it's an understanding of like knowing that, you know, you only just have to correct just slightly. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the amount of buttons on a pad, yep. nowhere near the amount of buttons on a cockpit. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Yep. But the amount of buttons on a pad that you have to actively press, pr- press yep. throughout the motion of playing FPSs or flight yeah, sims or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. gives like, it, it makes you very good at doing a lot of things yeah. at the one time. Yeah. Well, like, um, we went to Rottnest Island about six weeks ago and, um, on the Rottnest Express. I drove ferry, the ferry. You drove the ferry. I drove this now, big ass think ferry. This, you think this big ass ferry would have a big steering wheel? No, it was a tiny little joystick about the size of your little finger. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, boom. And you nailed it. Just straight in. Absolutely yeah. nailed it. And you would have done too. Anybody watching this would have absolutely nailed Correct. it. Just a little flick. Big, 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 big. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful thing. So um, in closing, Nick Kyrgios, <laughs> flog. <laughs> Let's move on. Hey, a couple game of, set and match. Couple You're of vlog. <laughs> <laughs> couple of quick things. God mode groups up to one thousand seven hundred seventy-two members. Yes, lovely. Facebook page is just shy of four thousand one hundred members. Oh. Doing very well there. We've just ticked past four hundred and forty on our Instagram. Fantastic. Uh, and I think we're into the four hundreds on our Twitter as well. Right. So going along very well. This little community of ours. Thank you so much. Yep. Um. Really quickly, I want to do what are you playing? And uh, we won't be too long because we've only got a couple of minutes up our sleeve. But um, what are you playing at the moment? Uh, still currently playing Fortnite with the boys. Doing How's it going? The squads, terribly. I'm yep. shit ass. I hate building um, and I'm shit ass at that game. But it's just the game. It's actually now become more of a social hangout for us rather than we still play. But it's, you know, I'm looking forward to the new gears. That's what I'm really, because I'm a gears veteran. Yep. So that's going to be the game I will be playing. Well, speaking of which, mm. I've been having a bash of Gears 5. That is awesome. It's been wonderful. You're a very lucky man. It's been wonderful. Is it your first Gears experience? It's my first Gears experience. Wow. It wow. is my first Gears experience. Wow. Um, and I thought, I'd j- I thought I'd just give you my thoughts. Okay, great. Really quickly. Yeah. Uh, so um, the, so Gear f- Gears 5 thoughts, um, I've essentially what I've done is I gave myself an hour that's all I had on my sleeve at the yeah, time. And yeah. I just thought, we'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, and I had a bash of, um, I just got straight into campaign mode. And as somebody who has never played this game before and has never played a Gears in the series, I was like, fuck, I'm really enjoying this. Like, I, like I, And I didn't at all feel lost. 
I didn't feel like I was, I didn't know the characters. I didn't feel like I had to know the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that balance feels yep. quite right. Yep. Um, the other thing that they do is they give you a little bit of a previously on Gears yep. thing. So you watch a cinematic and it's enough to catch you up on everything, yeah, yeah, but yeah. also enough to make you go, I want to play the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got stuck into it. Uh, a few things that I noticed straight off the bat, you can play with the adaptive controller. Okay. So this is the one for um, people with disabilities. Oh, great. Yeah. So that is uh, that is able yep. in the game, which is great. Um, basics, I noticed, took me about 15 minutes to get through, and that was literally just your usual sort of, do you want to go through your basics? Do you want to work out how to shoot a gun, yeah, run around? Yeah, yeah, I've never yeah. played it, so I thought no. I'll, I'll give it a bash. Yep. Um, uh, thought to start off with in terms of um, guns. The shotgun is fun as fuck. <laughs> the shotgun's a lot of fun. Um, I like the, the what is it, the chainsaw? The Lancer. The Lancer. Oh, yeah. I like the Lancer and the retro Lancer. I mean, yeah. they're great. Yeah. You know, a bit of chainsaw action never yeah. went astray. Yeah. But the shotgun is literally just walk around and boom. Did you, chain, did you Lancer anyone? I did. Any, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. fun. Oh, it's good. <laughs> now, can you explain this to me? Yeah. Being a Gears veteran. Yes. So have you played all the ones previous? Yes. Okay. So the retro Lancer. Yeah. Was the one with a knife on the end? Yeah. Has it? Has there always been a chainsaw available, or did that one come in and then a retro lancer was became the retro lancer? I think there's always been a chainsaw available. As right, far okay. as I can remember. Yeah. All right. It's yeah. Bloody good. But I, but I think in game one, uh, in game wasn't one or might have been two onwards. It be, you could use the, the chainsaw a lot more than what you could in one. One you could just literally cut opponents, and that was it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, melees and finishes look. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they look absolutely right. brilliant. Um, the banter is still there, which is really good. Right. Uh, co-op is still alive in the campaign. Yeah. How many? Four? Two. Ooh, okay. Mm, you know what? I want to say two because that's all I feel like I saw at the time. Yeah. Okay. Why? Could you play four before? I, I think you could play four, which which I'm, I'm hoping is still the case. Well, that may very well be the case because in Act 1, Chapter 1, which is the first part of the story mode that I played, yeah. there were four of us. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's, in the in the team. There's always been four in the team. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Yep. Um, so I mentioned it starts with a previously on Gears that gave just enough for someone who has never played to get emotionally invested enough to kick into the game. Yep. Uh, got into the first act, shot in the dark. Um, Christ, I would love to see this thing on an RTX 2080. Yeah. Just it, like it looks good enough on my on my 1080 Ti. Yeah. But holy shit. Yeah. Like yeah, with yeah. the top spec y stuff, it'll look amazing. Swing moment. Um. Not giving away too much. Trial by fire with a few surprises along the way. Got through all the beginning game content in chapter one in an hour. Did not want to stop. And I was going to say, did that hour feel like five minutes? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it went so, we went so God, bloody. So, so pumped. It went so fast. Awesome. Holy shit, it went fast. Awesome. Um, so a lot to look forward to with Gears 5. That's great. Certainly. You lucky bastard. Yeah, very lucky. <laughs> very lucky on this account. On you. this On this occasion. <laughs> you! Um, sorry, mate. <laughs> I actually genuinely feel a bit guilty. Yeah, no, no, don't feel guilty. It's um, good. Okay, I won't. Uh, shall we move on to big question? Well, either that or we can move to next week. What do you think? It's up to you, really. The big question last week was, what's your gaming crush? Now, I think people, I think we can't really read out the comments because people put up active GIFs of their, um, yeah, it was wonderful. To it see was wonderful. Them. So yeah, I actually, general. what I recommend people to do, they haven't seen it yet, go to our Facebook page and look at last week's big question we put up last Friday. And there's a shit, there's not, not very many, um, if any, uh, Lara Crofts, which is great. Sound right. So I, 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 I think I put in the post, 
it's not surely not just Lara Croft. Yeah. And it wasn't. And lots of guys and girls have posted with their gaming crush. So clearly there's a lot of people um, who have gaming crushes like I have a gaming crush, which is great. Carry what was mine? Oh, you had some random one. I had the chick. There's a uh, cut scene in Fortnite with a girl, a brunette girl. I was like, oh, she's quite attractive. Hello. And then I'm looking at her going, that's a, just an animation created by some designer somewhere in South Korea probably. And mm. I'm sitting there going, oh, that's quite nice. You know what? Animal X has said something very cool. Pete mm. gets gears because they know that I play PlayStation. Um, you should get the next God of War. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Yeah, that'll Superman. Just to go... Yeah. Or oh, Spider-Man, so Spider-Man, Spider-Man, yeah. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, yeah. the next one that comes out. Yep. And just on your um, playing five without knowing the others, it's mm. a bit like, you know, like uh, my wife watched Infinity War for the first time on the weekend. Has she even seen any of the other? No. Bullshit. But, but she, and the first five minutes, like, well, who's that? And I said, just watch. It, you, you have to just yeah, watch. Yeah. yeah and yeah, you, yeah. It, it gets ends up making sense. So yeah. probably the same with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think gamers have to, gaming companies have to think about that when they're, same with movie makers. We have stuff to make it relevant to the new person who's never played a game before. Well, like I said, it just felt, it just felt like I haven't, I hadn't missed anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, like I didn't feel lost at all yeah, at any great. time. And that's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Um, okay. So we're going to save that one for next week. We'll save it for next week. Because we've right? run out a bit of time here. Yep. yep. Uh, what a great episode. Oh, what a great episode. What a banger. What a banger. What a banger. What a beauty. Thanks everybody for watching. Really appreciate it. Sorry, my picture wasn't, my video wasn't there. <laughs> um, or maybe I'm not. Maybe Joel is he? He's quite attractive, isn't he? He's a very attractive yeah. man. Even Joel Vandal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who he is tonight, old Vandal. Yeah. Um, but a big thank you to him for joining us and the In Games team for lending him to us yes. as well. It was a really great chat. If you missed it, we talked about the industry coming together to drive classification uh, reform, and he is a Really good, knowledgeable brain on that sort of Passionate stuff. advocate for it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you very much to him. We appreciate that. Uh, good on you guys for watching on twitch.tv slash Game on Oz. It's great to have your eyes. And um, thank you so much for the new subs along the way yes. as well, which is fantastic. Mm. Uh, what else is there? For you listening across all of our podcast platforms and, of course, at andrewhogue.com. And I think that's it, Dan. We'll get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Have a bloody great weekend in gaming, fellow gamers. And as we always say, don't forget to bloody save.